Hello and welcome to Quarantine Good, the show where we figure out if the things you're recently into are good or if you are being held hostage by the world's circumstances. I'm James Hamilton. And I'm David Twighty, and we are the two guys who will be judging how you've been spending your time. Uh, we have a, a great guest here with us today, a very funny comedian. Uh, you you may have heard his recent Christmas album. You may have heard him on the Stand By Your Band podcast. It's our friend Tommy McNamara. How you doing, Tommy? Hello. I'm very excited to uh, judge and be judged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we are excited to judge how you spend your time. <laughs> yeah. How how are you doing? I'm not too bad. You know, we have a uh, it's a big snowstorm day here in New York. Uh, I've not left my apartment uh, once, and I don't plan on doing so. I don't know about you guys. I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but yeah, we got like it has been snowing all day today in New York. I just went for I went for a walk this afternoon. I like to when it snows here, I like to like try to make a make an occasion out of it. Like I, I you got to enjoy it like when it's still coming down in New York City, because like two hours later, the entire thing turns to shit and you're yes. just looking at brown slush everywhere. <laughs> um, So I went. Uh, I went out and then my therapist called me when I had been out for about 15 minutes. I forgot that I had an appointment today. So then I talked to my therapist while walking around in the snow <laughs> and ended up being outside for like an hour and a half. And like my body is a wreck now. Like That, that is um, if the Coen brothers made a mumblecore movie. That's what. You're <laughs> yeah, I. I'm very sensitive to music and the weather. It takes the slightest cloud in the sky for me to be like, time for some sad music, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, there's, oh, I'm going to sound so pretentious when I say this. There's an Icelandic band named, <laughs> <laughs> named Amina, I think is how you'd say it. Amina, maybe. Uh, uh -huh. And it's the best snow music Ooh. that I know of, but I've been listening to it when it snows probably since I was like 20 years old. So it's, it's been oh, a while. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. People get, you can't see me at home, but I'm, uh, I'm a wrinkly old man. So it's been a very long time. <laughs> <but I can't. laughs> now, um, a lesser comedian than I would say. So you could say it's been a minna. You would never. Yeah. If if we wanted that, we would have booked that guy on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you would never do that though. <laughs> well, uh Tommy, uh, how's quarantine been treating you? I mean, are you do you feel like you're using your time well? Are you uh, you know, kind of at a loss for how to use your time? I've been I've been going through phases. I've had like very productive months in quarantine and then like right now i'm in the middle of like a total slog where i am like more 2k player than man and uh, <laughs> I, I, like really, I just like when i have a project i like will totally focus on it but like right now i don't have one and i do feel like totally uh unmoored in a way but it's like all it takes is like finding the thing and then i know i'll be back i just have to <laughs> get out of this phase that i'm currently in but that's how i've been it's been like up and down absolutely um well, I mean, you recorded an album during the pandemic, right? The your uh, sorry, what was the name of your Christmas album? It's called "I Think I'm Starting to Like Christmas." Yeah, 
Um, and you did you do that like within the past uh, several months, or is that something you had been working on already? So that was like, yeah, most of like November, December, I was either writing, working on, or shooting videos for that. So that I felt like really productive and good. Yeah. And then it's like got the got through the holidays, and then came into the new year and was like, Oh no, I don't have any plan uh, for what next. But. You're like, I felt too in love with Christmas. I, <laughs> exactly. I've lost myself without it. Uh, <laughs> it's like I got back from the war on Christmas and I, <laughs> yeah. You're having PTSD. Yeah. I have a birthday in January. David does as well. Um, mm. I, and I have not recovered from my birthday in terms of eating where it was like the only thing you can kind of do in quarantine for your birthday is we just rode bikes around and would get takeout. And so I ate like a truly ungodly amount of calories on my birthday. And that I really haven't returned to normal amount since <laughs> I eat pretty decadent desserts after every meal. <laughs> and it's just, I haven't reined it in. Uh, I don't quite know what to do about it. <laughs> but it's it's where I've turned. It's just like how 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 many treats can I have? Also, uh, X Men movies. I I've started watching X Men movies in order of release. Okay, I mean that's the way you want to do it. Are you watching all seventeen Wolverines or whatever? <laughs> well, that's the plan. That's currently the plan. But here. <sighs> Here's the issue with the X-Men movies. So David knows this. I did the same thing with the Marvel movies. I'd seen almost none of the Marvel movies. Outside of Black Panther, I'd seen maybe none. And uh, so I watched from the beginning, in release order, every single one of them. Wow. And then uh, now I was like, oh, I'll do that again. Because for as bad as some of those are, it's a pretty fun undertaking. And uh, But the thing with the X-Men is that I'm five movies deep right now and i'm barely hanging on because some of these are really <laughs> oh, bad man. some of them are remarkably well, bad and it falls off a cliff almost immediately almost immediately too. the first movie is like i uh when it came out i was like so excited because i was a huge x-men fan when i was a kid and like i really liked that movie and i still think it's probably okay but it's not great it's fine and then the yeah. second the second one is pretty good yes but then the third one is the one yeah. where Professor X explodes <laughs> and uh, Vinnie Jones of Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels plays the, the juggernaut. Uh, yes. Uh, that that movie is a fucking train wreck. And even worse than that one is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, yeah. No, that's the one with um, where he like fights a guy on top of the, yes. the Springfield nuclear power plant. Right. So it was so bad that immediately I like went back and started reading about this movie and I started to be like, what happened here? You know, and apparently future movies are they just disregard it as canon. It's so bad that future movies are just like, we pretend like that one never <laughs> happened. And they have so many workarounds because they're like multiple universes and stuff. Like they could have just been like, this happened in like a parallel dimension, but they're like, nah. <laughs> I watched um, what I think is the greatest X Men movie yesterday, which is Spike Lee's Malcolm X. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did watch that movie yesterday, so I had to, I had to do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, three and a half hours long and I, I looked at the runtime I was like oh three and a half hours and I had that moment like oh yeah I have three and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> All right. spend the time 
I um, just had a long conversation about uh, Training Day because oh. uh, Denzel Washington won the Oscar for Training Day, but did not win the Oscar for Malcolm X. And everyone was yes, like, oh. he should have won. <laughs> he absolutely should have won. <laughs> uh, the mean, best performances I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, that movie is incredible. Real. Yeah, so good. Is uh, I I actually watched that at the very beginning of quarantine, and it's like uh, that that is a movie that like it, it, honestly it made me like reevaluate my life. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> but for as good as it is, I will say, if you went in thinking it was going to be an X Men movie, it was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun when he gets when he gets assassinated at the end. You're like, why didn't he use his claws? <laughs> He didn't use his claws once. Uh, well, Tommy, we, we've brought you here because we want to talk about The Last Dance. Uh, did you watch Did you watch The Last Dance? I, I ate up The Last Dance. It was like, it was such a highlight of those five weeks that it was on every Sunday night, two episodes. It was like my, I like looked forward to it starting the second the episode ended. I was like, oh good, there's more in seven uh, days. Yeah. <laughs> like, <come on. laughs> yeah. What a, what a treat those, uh, those weeks were when they had those. Now, before we go all the way in, you're a basketball fan. Yeah. We play basketball together. Yes. You're a basketball fan. Are you a Chicago Bulls fan? Uh, yes, I am a big Chicago Bulls fan. I kind of unlucky with when I was born, uh, in the sense that I was, so I was born in 1990, so I was eight years old when they won the last of the six, and I like obviously knew it was happening, and I I went to I've seen Jordan play as a small child, and I have all this like from when I was a kid Bulls shirts and stuff. But I never really got to appreciate it the way like if I was in, if I was in my 20s in Chicago right. <laughs> during that time, it would be like the greatest sports moment of my life. But I was more yeah. It's more like a very distant memory I have of those Bulls teams and the teams I have a better memory of are like the Ben Gordon, Kirk Heinrich Bulls right. or like the tragic Derrick Rose Bulls or yeah. the, yes. the trade Jimmy Butler <laughs> for, you know, Laurie Markin and Bulls. So a lot of bad Bulls memories uh, that I have. Well, I mean, you guys got Zach Levine, so. Yeah, so I don't think he's the league in turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> he... Leads the league in That's turnovers, true. and he <laughs> yep. has never heard of defense, from what I can tell. Um, <laughs> but he, he, you know, he can score. He can score the basketball. So here's the thing that we we like to just create some context here. Everyone was watching the Last Dance, and I think yes. that being in quarantine, it, this was an anticipated thing. I remember when this came out uh, on social media, or when they announced it, that this was even a thing. And of course, uh, it was supposed to be a thing much later. But LeBron James was like, "ESPN, you got to bring this to us early." Um, <laughs> did tweet that right? <laughs> yeah, and they did. They did. They they bumped it up many many months in terms of their release date. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly when they were supposed to air it, but I remember it was like. October, yeah. maybe. Uh, well, they weren't finished. That's the crazy. They were part. not. They finished. weren't finished making it. <laughs> <laughs> Which also, like, you had so much time, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> this footage is already twenty-two years old at the latest, or whatever. But well, and that's where we're gonna. We'll get into this a little bit deeper in a second. But it, it wasn't finished, and I, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I think that shows. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, uh, 
everything that I've looked up on this, just in terms of like context, is it just broke numerous like viewing records, both for ESPN mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like documentaries that they'd ever put up. Uh, it was, you know, uh, let's see here. Let me pull up some of these things that are not loading. So I'll just have to edit this out later. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, this was this was universally acclaimed. I'm just like looking at the the Wikipedia page, and there are like multiple like TV reviewers who gave it perfect scores, which is ten out of ten. Which, like, to me, I, I get like I enjoyed the experience of watching this, but it really makes me feel like they just had not seen a sports documentary before. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was also I feel like it's so important. Uh, in the context of this, that there was no sports going on when right. it came out. Crucially, so it became the de facto. You can't watch a game, but you feel you're watching these highlights from like 1992, and you're like, "This is the closest I'm getting to watching a sports game I care about right now." So I feel like that totally, yeah, flavored every reaction to it. Definitely. I mean, like the, just everything, everything in it like felt so much fresher, I think, than it would have if basketball season was still going on like that. I, I don't I, like I was like losing my shit at some of the Charles Barkley highlights in that uh, in He's that amazing, series. Yeah. And I like and he was like uh, one of the greats, but I really don't feel like I would have been like losing it as much <laughs> if, it, if there was like a live game on somewhere else, you know? Tommy, I was like you. I was tuning in every single Sunday. I was looking forward to it. It was a whole ordeal, and it was very, very fun. And what I liked about it, number one, is like, of course, there were no sports on. Number two, uh, the nostalgia factor was through the roof. Like, just in yes. terms of the things that we wanted and the things that would make us feel comfortable, what's going to make you feel more comfortable than nostalgia at any given time? Yeah. And this was the pinnacle of that. This is old commercials. This is like great basketball. This is like everything you would want from like a nostalgia ride. And I'm sure probably even more so as a Chicago Bulls fan. Um, and also, I, did, I just wanted to mention this before I forgot, but I remember I was talking to my family about it before it came out. And my mom, she goes, uh, I just hope they don't say anything negative about the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> it's 10 hours. It's not going to be all good. <laughs> yeah, right. There, there are probably going to be a couple points where they're like, uh, literally the entire show is about how the ownership is bad. But yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, there has to be conflict, right? Yes. It can't just be... <laughs> like tag team playing while Michael Jordan dunks the ball for 10 hours. But had she said, I hope they don't say anything negative about Michael Jordan. She might've felt pretty good about the series. Cause they kind of didn't. Yeah. That worked out. Okay. <laughs> they kind of didn't for yeah, like was... many, many hours. They got away from being minimally critical of, of Michael Jordan. So that's the part my dad was saying. I hope they don't say anything negative about Jerry Krause. And he was so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Big Krause head. We love, we love the, the short, chubby Chicagoans in my family. Oh, <laughs> of, yeah. all, of all stripes. And this was a heartbreaking. <laughs> this is a heartbreaking mini episode. <laughs> so, like, I think that the one of the one of the big criticisms of the, the documentary was that like everything I mean, obviously they ran everything past Michael Jordan 
And I think that that definitely does cause some problems. But in some ways, I do feel like that makes it sort of a more revealing documentary because there's stuff in there where it's like the fact that you were just totally okay with this, including with them, including this makes Mm -hmm. you seem fucking crazy. Like the practice footage where he is being such a dick. The fact that he was like, that's fine. Yeah, this is this is the stuff you can (laughs) use. Like what they need not use. Just yes, yeah, absolutely. Screaming at his teammates. The the thing that really stuck out to me, uh, and, and I think this is like one of the most memed moments from the from the series. But there's the part where he's talking. He and Gary Payton are are doing uh, interviews about uh, the about the NBA Finals that they played against each other, and 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 Gary Payton is like, yeah, after the first couple games, I sort of figured out a way to play him that limited the damage a little bit. And then Michael Jordan is just like, no, he didn't. <laughs> I just had an off night. And it's like, you can't give him anything, huh? Because Gary Payton is also like universally considered probably one of the top five defensively of all time at his mm-hmm. position. Like one of the greatest defensive point guards that, that ever played the game. And Jordan can't be like, yeah, I mean, he's really good. It was like kind of hard sometimes. <laughs> I don't want to go too deep down this hole. Cause I'm going to sound like an asshole, but I just felt like it was really a poorly constructed documentary. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed it as a sports fan and I really enjoyed it as a lifelong basketball fan. But to me, it was like, this is a documentary about one season, but that one season is only interesting because they had great access to them during the season. Mm -hmm. The season itself isn't terribly compelling. But they spend most of their time using this like timeline effect and going back and forth between different things. And the whole structure of each episode seems to just kind of be at this point in the season, Dennis Rodman did a thing. So we're going to spend 45 minutes talking about Dennis Rodman. (laughs) And like, then they go back in time and they kind of give us some stuff about Dennis Rodman, but they're like... For me, any time that a documentary brings out the old timeline and they're coming up and down, I'm like, I'm on guard. I think you probably, this is covering up for some laziness in terms of your writing. There was a better way that you could have done this. Yeah, man. Why are you trying to Tarantino me on this shit? (laughs) Just tell me about the basketball, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I'm at. I don't... I don't need you to play with time here. I don't know. I went in with, I just had full blinders on because I was so excited and I was just like, truly like any montage of highlights set to nineties music. I was like, I don't care what year it's from. I don't care if this is linear. I was just like sitting with a big smile on my face, like an idiot, like so happy to watch it. But I do get that. That is a good specific criticism because it was, especially if you're going to call it the last dance and then it's mostly, not even about that year. It is kind of a flaw, but check out the nineties bulls. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, just call it the nineties bulls. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also I feel like the, there, the drama of that is rather limited because like the whole premise of it is like Michael Jordan came back to try and win his sixth. And <laughs> it's like, it's not even like, yeah. does he still have it in him? And it's like, no, can he do what he did? like uh five of the last seven years again <laughs> yeah and then he com- he comes back a few years later and 
you know, he's not a championship. He doesn't win a championship with the Washington Wizards, but he's a legitimate good player who still continues to score, yeah. outscore most That's people. That's true. If you're going to call night. it the last dance, like, it should be about his time with the Wizards. <laughs> a lot of Kwame Brown interviews. <laughs> Very unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kwame Brown just being like, the worst emotional damage of my life happened with this man. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly about uh, cyberbullying, I guess. <laughs> yeah. cyberbullying. Absolutely. It's it, it is very fun. I have virtually no memory of the of the the Jordan Wizards. And that was probably around the peak of my basketball fandom too, because that was when the Timberwolves were starting to get really good. I think that the Jordan Wizards thing is exactly what happened with that X-Men five thing that you were talking about where Bulls fans are just like no it didn't happen we have disregarded it from the canon and yeah uh, yeah that's absolutely true i do think the reason why they had to obviously the reason why they had to give michael jordan kind of finalizing approval on everything which ruins it kind of for me because i want the actual dirt here i want to actually talk about some of this stuff and he has the final okay but in order to even get him on the documentary they had to be able to to do that yes you know so it's like what this documentary had that was really really good is it had a level of access to michael jordan that had never been had ever mm-hmm. um which was fun which was cool i mean you know did you like the tiger documentary did you watch that I haven't watched it yet because I'm I'm saving it up. Uh, that, it's like, really good, but I wish it had what the Jordan documentary has. I wish even if you lost some of the stuff from the scandal that you would with, with Tiger's approval, like I would have loved to hear Tiger's thoughts on everything else, or even you know even if it's his like guarded bullshit, I'd still rather. So see he's him not in there at all. No, he does not. He's not interviewed at all. He declined to be a part of it, which wow. makes it you know more salacious uh, in the way they can talk about. <laughs> you know what happened which it, that stuff is interesting but not as interesting as hearing tiger woods talk about what it was like growing up <laughs> at least it, it, that would be more interesting to me you know i think it's also a question of like what level of fan are you too mm-hmm. and i think that's you're like what would be more interesting to you is hearing tiger's take on this because you're probably familiar with a lot of these yes. events that they're talking about within this and that i think was part of i loved the last dance and I was so on board, but I think by the time I'd watched five episodes, I was like, I'm not actually getting anything new out of this. You haven't told me anything that I didn't know coming in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, the practice footage, though, I think was worth all of it because that is something we never would have seen if it wasn't for this, you know. And also just spending that time with Scottie Pippen. What a soothing presence that oh, guy is. Voice. Oh, incredible voice. insane. <laughs> I have always, I have always had a theory that Scottie Pippen, this is as close to a conspiracy theory that I get. Scottie Pippen is not a real human. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? Do you have a theory on that, or? I, I mean, I don't want to say an alien, but it's the only thing that I can deduce. Okay, is that he is that he is because he appears to me to be something pretending to be a human, <laughs> in voice, in appearance, <laughs> in in he's like too athletic. Well, it's also like his story. Part of his backstory was that he was like five foot ten until he was like fifteen, yes. and then he grew like eight inches in a year. Which that doesn't seem right. How did that happen? 
Yeah, I mean, he he was going to like central Arkansas was his college and he was tiny and then suddenly he gets huge and he's freakishly good at basketball. Like it just feels like the proportions of this man in every way are off. Like I'm sure you've all, I'm sure you too have heard the stories that like Scotty Pippen apparently has a, a huge penis. Yes. Yeah, almost as big as mine from what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whitey ass could I call it? <laughs> there, yeah. the people keep saying it's most of a Twitey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this just fuels the the my theory that he's not a human. He's this is this is bad, but I've watched too much X-Men. Clear. No, I really, I really like this. I'm on board now. Like, because when you said that, then I thought about like, wait, didn't he grow almost a foot when he was like 17? And it's like, okay, yeah, I think that's what happened. I think that. But Dennis Rodman did the same thing. Dennis Rodman also, yeah. like, you know, I think. Well, in if you believe the movie MIB Men in Black from 1998, uh, he is a, 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 a alien. That's at the very end of the movie. They show him on the screen of oh, people yeah. who are actually aliens. <laughs> this is yeah. This is when they. <laughs> They were like, wouldn't it be cute and funny if we told everyone the truth? And whoa, hiding in plain sight, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's an op. Men in Black is an op, (laughs) (laughs) and the song's a pop. (laughs) (laughs) I was I was just talking to my girlfriend about this the other day. How like you don't get enough. Like, I think the only recent example is the Venom movie, which had an Eminem theme song. You don't get you don't get enough movie theme songs that are just about what the movie's about. (laughs) It's a damn shame. Like before that, it was like Wild Wild West. You'd have to go all the way back to those those early Will Smith days. Are soundtracks as good as they were at that point? Well, we're too self-aware now. Everyone, you know, that's the problem. Is everyone? Everyone's afraid to be goofy. I think. But also, uh, I think it, I think part of it's just everything is digital. So, like a soundtrack is not really a product anymore. I mean, the Black Panther soundtrack was good, but they didn't have a song that was just like the Black Panther, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is what I want. That sounds more like it should be Pink Panther, by the way. The style you just said. That <laughs> Yeah. What my my biggest thing about um the just all of the critical gushing over this documentary series was it's like I thought I I watched all of it. Uh, my my roommate Max Fine I believe has watched the whole thing like four or five times at this point. Like he's a super fan, but I, I watched it and I enjoyed it a great deal. But it's a sports documentary. Sports documentaries are great. Even like the mm-hmm. shitty ones that like NFL.com yeah. throws together are still pretty good. Cause I mean, first of all, sports are set up like the season is literally constructed to make things as dramatic as possible. It's literally set up to be segmented into parts and all of it is like there's archival footage of all of it. So like the stakes have never been clearer than they are with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You either win or you lose. And uh, like, and there are a ton of great sports documentaries. I had seen up until like a few years ago, I think I had seen every single 30 for 30 that ESPN did. And there are a couple where it's like about NASCAR or something. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I don't really care. But I would say 
that over the past decade of my life, about 20% of the times that I have cried, it has been at like an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. <laughs> like it's it's just set up very beautifully for you to tell a story and you can tell whatever story you want using that footage, really. But I mean, we when people the way that people were talking about the last dance when it came out where it's like this is an achievement and it's like man there is a 30 for 30 that's about the day that oj simpson uh got arrested where it's just a it's just a video collage of news real of news footage from that day with no narration that's like one of the most interesting documentaries that i've ever seen and like these are not on the same level. <laughs> I um I also I right before Last Dance I'd never seen OJ Made in America and I watched that mm. and that was I thought some of the best documentary writing ever I of agree. just like actually having a point and yeah. like and not yes. just being a collection of cool things. And, so, and that one also like that goes so far beyond just being a sports documentary too. Yeah. Like that's a, like that is about like pop culture and politics and like so much besides OJ mm. Simpson. But to me, I think that that's like the heart of the question that we're asking here, which is like the last dance was so fun. But was it good in the way that OJ made in America was good? Or was it just like, nah, this is what I need right now? Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough because it's I'm like, one. I don't. I don't know if I'm capable of saying <laughs> that it's not good. <laughs> Your mom is listening, being like, Tommy better not say anything bad about the last dance. <laughs> like, I truly, like, I can recognize every plot. Like, when people were talking about the, the flu game story that Michael Jordan tells in the last dance. <laughs> no one else ate the pizza. I ate all the pizza. Clearly bullshit story. Yeah, that clearly. makes no sense. Yeah. I'm like, there's like 10 different points in a story where it's like, that can't be true. And it's just the only people that are like saying it's true are like Jordan sycophants. But it's like, even then I'm like, I know it's not true and I don't care. <laughs> and I just love it. I don't it's, know. That That is really funny. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about, uh, I'm like a pretty gullible person in general, I would say. And I hadn't really thought about the, like, yeah, Michael Jordan was hungry. So he ordered a pizza and then he ate the entire pizza in front of us. The Five guys before. delivered the pizza yeah. <laughs> and they weren't suspicious about that. Yeah. <laughs> he just conveniently insisted that only he eat the pizza. Yeah. No one else can even touch the pizza. No, I want if in case there's a flu in this pizza. <laughs> I want it to only be me that has it. It makes the most sense that the most important person in the room should be the one who poisoned. Yeah, it's the opposite of how like medieval kings would have someone taste their food for them. I better eat the whole thing in case it's poison. That's what good leadership looks like, right there. That's true. Yeah, (laughs) and also he got to do that thing that you alluded to with the Gary Payne thing, where they would show him on a tablet what other people said and he always got to have the fun yeah, right. yeah. because obviously they don't show that guy what jordan said in response so he always gets to win every right debate, yeah, yeah. which i think is great yeah he's just doing quote tweets of everybody else on the document <laughs> i mean for as critical as i am the idea of losing michael jordan looking at a tablet and going no like I, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose that. That's why I think really good. If only for meme purposes, it's a... that is so true. So many great memes. I mean, my favorite is the the image just of uh him 
like hugging Larry Bird and saying, you bitch, fuck you. <laughs> it's one of my favorite images that exists. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it so much. I think you should leave the show is the only better memeable thing in my opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, for some somehow the it just worked out that they uh, indirectly predicted every single thing that was going to happen over the following so. <laughs> If they if they put out a new I, I think you should leave season, it would be the last dance for comedy. Yeah. There's no live comedy yeah. right now. We would all just be like glued to our screens watching. Without a it. doubt. Without a doubt. And what they should do is they should take a page out of the last dance and make it way too long. So <laughs> So if I think you should leave the last one was like five what was it, five, six episodes and they're fifteen minutes each. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking I want like twenty episodes. I want them ninety to a hundred minutes each. I, <laughs> Man, there's never been a better time for uh, montages of sporting uh, of sports highlights. Watching slow motion sports set to music is one of the greatest inventions that's ever happened. It's really incredible. And then you make it Michael Jordan that you're watching in slow motion, and you're like, okay, (laughs) I can't compete with this. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think the timeline stuff. It's is sometimes yeah laborious, but I also think it's worth it for moments like opening with that Paris trip. I thought was so fun, um, mostly because you got to hear a French reporter ask, <laughs> "Mr. Jordan, what do you think of the Eiffel Tower?" <laughs> it's the most stupidest question you could ever ask a star athlete. Imagine that you have one minute with Michael Jordan, or one question with Michael Jordan. You have one of them, and you're like, Michael Jordan, what do you think of the Eiffel Tower? You fucking blew it, man. It's it's literally like if you got a guy who knows as little as possible about, about France to pretend to be a French reporter. Like, that is literally what a stupid person from America would think that a French reporter would ask Michael Jordan. Have you ever had a baguette? <laughs> I think that when when it comes to putting this on the board, I think that I, like, regardless of how overblown I feel like some of the response to this was, I, I can't in good conscience say that this isn't good because it is still, like... But yeah, sports documentaries are really easy to make good, it seems to me. But uh, that doesn't make them not good. It's like a good medium. And it's maybe not the greatest example of that. But I still think that this comes in ahead of... What do we have at the top of Quarantine Good right now? Replaying Final Fantasy Seven. I agree. I, this is good for me. This is better than Quarantine Good. I, <laughs> yeah. I was worried, James. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going the other way. No, I, I think for me, I think so much of my response here and like why, because I have had conversations with people many times. I think I've taken on this fight, but part of it is because of what David mentioned, which is just that like critics just accepted this without question. And everyone mm-hmm. was just like, this is flawless. And I was like, well, it's not. It's just not. And it makes me <laughs> mad that you say that it is. And it can be good and we can have fun and we can enjoy it. And it can be objectively good, but it's not perfect. So that's that's why I that's why I like fight this fight, but I can't say that it's not good because it is. It just it just is. The content and the topic are just too delicious. And the memes that came out of it and the like the closing moments with the like triumphant music finish, uh, Mm -hmm. like all it's too good to say it's not good. But here's my question for you. 
Is this better than the Great British Bake Off? <laughs> that is on the board. I've, never, I've never seen it. Okay. I, I would have to say yes, based on my uh, loyalty to this country and what we did in the Revolutionary War. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I would never let the British beat Chicago. Yeah. So. <laughs> Our number one right now is doing a lot of yoga for three months. Is Is this documentary better than doing yoga every day for three months? I, I think yes, but I have only did yoga for like four days. So <laughs> which is true. I did like <laughs> you last were to think about the trajectory <laughs> of that spread out over three months. You're like this this movie is better. Well, talk to me in April, I guess, when I'm an official yogi. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna vote yes, but of course I am. Here's my question for both of you. Can we take into account the sense of event that came with the fact that you know, they were only showing this two episodes per Sunday. So we can look at the episodes as self-contained things and decide whether they're good or not. But are we also considering like the rollout and the fact that everyone's stuck at home and they're like, we're just going to give this to you a little bit at a time. Yeah. I wonder if it had just originally come out on Netflix at 10 episodes at once. I wonder how much different it would have, like obviously it would have been way different. We see that with TV shows when they're week to week or not, but I wonder like if non basketball fans or non bulls fans, if they would have finished, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, like you're definitely gonna, uh, the, the currency with all this stuff is attention. Cause I'm mm -hmm. not clear how anyone is making any money off of these streaming services. Yeah. So like you're, you're talking about like, do we have something where it's going to come out and there'll be like a week where everyone is talking about it and everyone is just dumps a bunch of memes all at once. Or do we have, we have in this case, like a month and a half where it's just constantly new memes every Sunday, new, uh, new LeBron new, Jordan arguments every single day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not that they I weren't would, happening otherwise, but, and yeah. I think we also have to factor that into this, uh, when we're talking about that, yeah. how that yeah. did make that documentary did make a lot of people, uh, weigh in once again on whether or not, uh, uh, Jordan is better than LeBron which no one needs to talk about ever again. <laughs> There's people, I think people who are five to 10 years older than me who are from Chicago take that argument so personally to an extent where it like is a mental illness. Where it's oh, like, yeah, totally. It doesn't matter if someone thinks that LeBron's better than Jordan. It doesn't take away your memories of the Jordan titles. Like, why is it so, yeah. it's so It's so funny how, like, because I, I know a couple people from Chicago who just like fucking hate lebron Spy, james yes. for no reason other than because of that argument i guess he was a division opponent when he played for the Cavs or whatever but like i i, I love the idea that in the rest of the country people are being like i can no longer be friends with you because you believe in QAnon, and in chicago they're like i can no longer be friends with you because you think lebron james is good uh, <laughs> <laughs> or storming the hall of fame in cleveland <laughs> <laughs> if if i'm uh if i'm ranking this i'm gonna put this like i'm gonna put this about tied with great british baking show i honestly might go a little bit underneath that i might go i might put last dance a little bit below it mm. tell me what do you think about that? all right i guess you haven't seen the great british baking show i haven't no i can't uh formally weigh in but i think my thoughts are <laughs> clear <laughs> My assumption, my biases are clear. There, there was a, there was no point during the last dance documentary series where something had to be crisp. 
uh, or uh, where you wanted a good snap. And that's something that I have to factor into my ultimate judgment. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we we brought Tommy on here because if we don't put Last Dance as the best thing, he will commit seppuku here. <laughs> uh, it's a matter of honor for him. Um, here's why, David, I think I agree with you. Here's why I think that Great British Baking Show is slightly above The Last Dance. If you think about the genre of the thing that it exists in, mm -hmm. it's as good as it gets in terms of like, cooking and I guess specifically baking shows and the last dance, as we've discussed while thoroughly enjoyable does not like maximize the genre. It's not the gold standard. It's not the gold standard. <laughs> I think what, what I said at the time, which is kind of how I still feel about it with the last dance is like my final thought about it is like, it was like if you were in a desert and you came upon an oasis and you got to drink from the water, do you have to complain about the water? <laughs> <laughs> It's so good, and I'm so happy it's there, and it it made me just feel great for ten hours in a bad time. I that is a compelling closing argument. Well, I mean, the entire purpose of this show is really to try and take that oasis water and uh, 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 try to rank it um, objectively against a bottle of Dasani that I just bought from the bodega. So, <laughs> well, Dasani sucks, so I win. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that is so much of what I feel about all the things that we're watching though, Tommy. I think that it's like right mm -hmm. now our needs and I don't want to say needs because like what we need is like actually water and food, but like emotionally <laughs> what we're like seeking out from our content is, is an oasis like what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be outstanding to be an oasis. Uh, so the question comes down to Great British Baking Show. Tommy says slightly, or Tommy says above, clearly, without question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sticking its tongue out. Yeah, sticking, <laughs> yeah, sticking its tongue out. Uh, David, where are, you, where, where are you landing right now? Slightly below. I'm saying that it's not all the way underneath it, but it's like half of the, the width of the paper below it, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah. So you can't even put it fully below it. Yeah. <sighs> We've never had such a stalemate. You know, because I think I agree with you, David. And I don't want to watch Tommy die. Right <laughs> and I don't want to upset Tommy's mom either, who I, I think will be un unhappy with that. We're saying un unkind things. I mean, we could always just call it a tie for right now and then move it down when Tommy's not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that is that is true. I hadn't thought about the supreme power that we have. We've correctly estimated uh, how, how easy it will be to get away with. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think if we're going to be honest with our guest, I think this is going to go slightly below Great British Baking Show. Well, at least it's on the good side. It would have really broken my heart if it was not. Yeah. If it was uh, sit, hanging out with old Joe Exotic. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Resoundingly defeated me eating 25 <laughs> tins of almonds in a, the span of about four months. Oh, man. It, it also really, really beats me telling people about my dreams. So <laughs> we can all agree uh, on that. And I have to say, your Oasis argument. Uh, it's not just compelling. I found it humbling 
because I was just like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what we need. I need to ease up on this stuff. I need to ease up on some of these things, you know? <laughs> Tommy, uh, do you have anything to plug? Where can people find you and your stuff? Yeah, uh, well, check out, yeah, my podcast, uh, Stand By Your Band. I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Tommy McNam, uh, M-C-N-A-M. So, yeah, check me out there. Cool, man. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Twitey, T-V-E-I-T-E. Follow me on Instagram at Kill Twitey, Kill, and then the same spelling. Uh, what about you, James? You can find me at The Jam Ham, and then hopefully when uh, the <laughs> pandemic is over, hopefully you can find Tommy and I playing basketball. Uh, Hell yeah. We're in New York again. So, Quarantine Good is part of the Authentic Podcast Network. Please like and subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts and tune in next week.